Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. On this Palm Sunday, we look at the Gospel reading. Matthew's account of Jesus riding in on that most wonderful of days. I'd like to share again just verse 9. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest heaven! Words of people recorded in God's word. Have you ever been part of a crowd? Maybe some of you who are somewhat older and well-to-do may have went to a, one of the 49er Super Bowl victories of the bygone days and were a part of that joyous crowd inside the stadium and those that left. Perhaps there are a few who uh, attended the 49er Super Bowl last year and were a part of that, that 49er crowd that were devastated after the defeat. For many or most of us, though, um, the defeats and the victories we only see on television, which isn't exactly the same as being a part of the crowd. This week, Holy Week, has a lot of those uh, victory and defeat feelings going on. Although we are not there in person, I pray that the Holy Spirit gives each of us a true sense of what that might have been to join the crowd on Palm Sunday. A walk with Jesus. One of worshiping my Lord. A walk with Jesus that I, I wonder if at times wasn't kind of confusing. First of all, to his disciples. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. And tie them and bring them to me. Jesus, like a, a gifted athlete or a determined businessman, I imagine had, had played out every event of the coming week until it led to its conclusion. Not, not a basketball game or a Super Bowl or NCAA championship, but the saving of souls for eternity, including your souls and mine. But the disciples that walked with him and knew him best still seem to be confused about exactly what is going on and why we're doing the kinds of things that we're doing. And I wonder if this wasn't one of them. Now, we're not told exactly what, what they thought, but you know, go get somebody else's donkey and, and bring the colt that's by them and bring them to me. Um, seemingly kind of, of confusing, I would say. If not to them, how about the person who owned the colt to some of the common people that were there of Jerusalem? 
If anyone says anything to you, Jesus told those two disciples, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. You're home, you hear a commotion out in front of your home, and you see somebody trying to break into your car. Obviously, they're going to steal it or something in it. So what do you do? Right? Cell phone, 911, uh, is this the police? Well, maybe things were different in those days. You could just come up and take anybody's donkey when you felt like it. And those of you who say, yeah, I don't think that could have happened. I grew up in a very little, small town in Minnesota. Quiet little village, if you will. And my dad had several vehicles, and he never took his keys out of any of them. Even the ones that were sitting outside. And I remember asking him, Dad, why do you do this? He said, well, maybe one of the neighbors will need a vehicle sometime. Or what if an emergency comes up and they need to go someplace quickly? Well, they know the keys are in there. They just get in and they can go. That still left me a little confused. Well, these disciples were asked, what are you doing with my donkey? And they said what Jesus told them, and they were sent on their way. It seems that more than just the disciples and the owner of the donkeys could have been a little confused. Doesn't happen what else was going on. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? I guess today we would call it a, a flash mob. A whole group of people. Come on, a whole group of people gathering together, singing and dancing, and everybody wondering what's going on here. Confused, maybe some of them, not knowing uh, what to do or what should they join in or not. See, the whole city. And possibly some confusion to the Jewish leaders. Now, were they confused about who Jesus claimed to be and the trouble that he was causing them? Well, of course not. But their problem seemed to be confusion. How could they put the guy to death when all these people are yelling his name and praising him? That was their problem. They had to try to figure that out. How about, how about us? Yeah. In, in our walk with Jesus, not just on Palm Sunday, but our everyday walk with Jesus, worshiping him, are we ever a little confused? I mean, God in his word, Jesus particularly, tells us that, that he cares about all nations, and one of the ways of bringing them into his family is you take water and, and apply it to anybody in that nation, including babies. And they have faith. Hmm, how does, this, how does that work? I wonder about that. Or maybe some of the other things Jesus says, well, you know, you as, as believers in me, what I want you to do, if somebody slaps you across the face, literally or some other way, what do you have to do? Turn the other cheek and let you slap you on the other cheek. Or if they want your, if they want your outside, you know, robe, you know, give them the inside one. Like, how, how does that work? And even worse, if someone 
sins against you, hurts you in some particular way, what you're supposed to do, he says, is forgive them. Even if and especially when they don't deserve it and they don't ask for it. Just forgive them. That's his way. That's his plan. Times may be tough for us economically. And out of love for Jesus, we're supposed to give some of our hard-earned money, you know, back to various things, including the church, so that more people can hear about this Jesus. Oh, I don't know how that's going to work. Or you or your friend or a loved one has a cancer return. The doctor said that, you, that there was remission. But it's back. And you know full well that Jesus could have prevented that. He hasn't. That's tough. Okay, that's a time for us. We need to, to take a walk with Jesus. Like his first disciples needed to do that. And listen. And remember who we're taking that walk with. Jesus, the one we are worshiping, is one worthy because he is our king. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Now, while riding into Jerusalem on a colt, a donkey may seem odd to us. It shouldn't have to these people. It shouldn't have been confusing to his disciples. And I don't know if they're confused or not, but I bet they thought this is good. Huh? Now, this is great. All this talk, Jesus, about dying, it ain't going to happen. Look at multitudes of people are praising you and doing all these wonderful things. Yes, now you're going to be king. Now we're going to rule with you. At last it's come. know as well as I do that it didn't happen that way. What they should have remembered is what David read previously, right? They should have realized, oh, a donkey, that's right. That, that, that king, that, that promised king from Zechariah. He made it so clear, right? The ultimate ruler would end, and king would ruler Jerusalem would ruler would enter Jerusalem on a donkey's colt. So what does that mean when God gives you a sure and certain promise? Be ready for it. Watch for it. Don't miss it when it comes. Even if it does take five hundred years. Jesus was not going to be your normal in your face king riding into Jerusalem on some huge white stallion, but one who was gentle and humble. And not, not just one day was he this way, he lived his entire life that way. Gently and humbling, carrying out everything that he was asked to do 
by parents, by rulers, by authorities, all the kinds of things that we have trouble doing. He did it. He did it perfectly. My walk with Jesus, one of worshiping my Lord by giving what we have available. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted. This king received the red carpet treatment. Cloaks, palm branches, and voices. People willingly took off that outer, outer garment like the robes we wear at some services, right? And laid them down on the street. Paved the street, if you will, with clothes. And when they didn't have any more of those, they, they tore branches off, off the trees and, and laid them there. Luke says that some of the branches were, were palm branches, and that's where we get the name for this Sunday as, as Palm Sunday. They were excited to do that. And one did it, another did it, and it just all of a sudden it was there. And you do know what the roads were like in those days. You're not clean cement or blacktop that, you know, that every one Wednesday a month this sweeper comes around and you know, sweeps up all the stuff that's along the edge. They were dirty. They were dusty. They didn't have cars. They had animals. And the things that animals deposited were on the road. And people put their cloaks on them for Jesus. Out of thankfulness, out of joy, out of the thrill that was going on at that time. What do we give to Jesus? What, what do we lay down before him? What do we give that, that's, that's ours? Give to him. I guess some of us think of, well, I, I give of my hard-earned money, uh, Pastor. And, and you know, every, every time I come to church, I like to look at that one page that, that says how we're doing. And, 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 you know, we're doing better than we were doing in the past, so I, I think I must be doing... Pretty good. That's my robe. You be a little careful here, right? It doesn't look like these people put their robes down there in palm branches so they could get something from God, showing that they did their part, and, you know, God, then now you come through for us at all. Right? The focus was on Jesus, not on themselves. They were doing this, if you will, out of thankfulness, gratitude, or whatever that particular emotion happened to be, because this king's favor cannot be bought at any price. No, my, my walk with Jesus is one of worshiping him, which always is and only possible because of our God-given faith. Faith that trusts in the promises of God. I mean, the promises of Zechariah and all the other ones that were fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Worshiping him every day. Not just on Palm Sunday, or Christmas, or Easter, or the, but the days in between. Worshiping Jesus as one who is needed. Needed because he is the answer to how we can be rescued, saved, as shouted on that first Palm Sunday. Hosanna to the Son of David. Literally, Hosanna means save us now. 
Oh, by this time, it had become kind of a, a mantra of the Jewish people for praise and adoration of whatever they wanted to praise, and they, they gave it to Jesus at this time. But how interesting, this phrase, save us now, was being applied to the one who, after he lived this perfect life, was just about to finish it off. By going to the cross, save us now applied to them and applies to us, literally. Can you even sense to imagine what it must have been like to be in that multitude? Whether you were along the streets or whether you are the group ahead of him or the group behind him, yelling and shouting at the top of their lungs uh, so many different things that maybe your ears couldn't even comprehend them. Hosanna to the son of David, echoing through those narrow streets. I think that God gave me a little slice of what that might have been like. Last Wednesday, as virtually every Wednesday during the, the school year, I and a couple of our faithful ladies go up to Peace uh, Congregation in Santa Clara, and there is a Christian, independent Christian preschool that's on part of that site. And on this Wednesday morning, 11 o'clock, they bring the kids into that, that preschool. And we're talking about 150 kids in that church seats. They're under 150 probably. So on our, the, the front row pew here, if they're that long, there'd be like 15 little kids there, two, three, four, and five-year-olds. And what am I going to do? Uh, the little devotion, a little puppet scout and scamper on? Well, it's going to be on Palm Sunday, of course, trying to share with them kind of what's going on that leads up to Jesus' death on the cross on Easter morning. You have to understand that these aren't just little kids. These are little kids that come from uh, um, countries around the world. 95 or more percent come from other world religion families who bring their children to a Christian preschool, hear about Jesus every day. So the things that they teach them and the songs they teach them are songs about Jesus. And it turns out the song that one of the songs that they taught them was, was, had the phrase Hosanna, Hosanna in it. So again, 150 of these little kids that, that move all over the place um, singing Hosanna, Hosanna at the top of their lungs so loud I have to actually go outside the building because it hurts my ears. And they're jumping up and down. I mean, you have little kids that get excited, and, and this was one of those songs. Uh, you missed it. Uh, um, so they're, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. And they're literally jumping up and down and up and down. And the floor is going, boom, 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 boom. But it was a thrill. I tell you, it was an absolute thrill. And I just said, wow, just think if there, if there were you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these. And not only, the, not only the little kids, but the moms and the dads also saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And like I mentioned, these 150 children without Jesus are going to go to hell. They're not going to hear about Jesus in their home. But they're going to hear about him at that preschool. Hear about him a little bit um, in the devotion. Because those kids are sinful. I mean, cute as could be, right? They're the, you know, what two and three year olds aren't cute? I mean, and they're just, they're just absolutely cute, um, but they're naughty. 
I mean, the, the, the teachers are trying to keep them settled, right? You know, try to settle down 60 to 80, you know, two, three-year-olds, and that ain't going to happen. But they still try. Okay, sit down, Jimmy. Sit down. They're, 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 again, they're going to the pews. And they say, don't go into the pews. And they do all, they do all these things. And I sit there and laugh because I have nothing to do with it, you know. I'm not responsible. Um, but they need a Savior, and they're hearing about that Savior. And they were singing Hosanna. Maybe they don't even know exactly what the words mean, but some of the first words that they're going to learn in English are the words about praising Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And that's what was going on that first Palm Sunday. Son of David. Oh, yes, again, almost a thousand years after David reigned, but the ultimate son of David was going into Jerusalem on that day. He shouts a proclamation of joy. He knew full well what would happen on, on Friday. I mean, but he still went in. Willingly, because we needed that. He knew that was what he was to do. And what a beautiful chorus that was. Blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And Matthew says the city was stirred. May that same Holy Spirit stir our hearts and our voices so that we join with believers of all time in that chorus. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. If anyone should ask, who is this? Who is this one being proclaimed? Quickly and joyously answer, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee my Savior, and yours. Hosanna. Amen.